Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bignall. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today, we are continuing to highlight the categories from Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017, and today's episode is on access and ability. One organization that's been focusing on access and ability for those with developmental disabilities and autism is St. Amant. We will be speaking with John Leggett, he's the president and CEO of St. Amant, about their wonderful care and educational programming. Then we'll be joined by Margot Ross, the manager of philanthropy at CNIB, to learn more about the services it provides, as well as how it's planning to celebrate its 100th anniversary later this month. Then we'll speak with Jennifer Licardo. She's the education manager of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. We're going to talk about uh, their upcoming dementia care conference and as well a free public learning seminar about the fountain of health and how it can be positively affecting your long-term health. And last but not least, if you're in the mood for a polar bear run, Laura Kayback will tell us all about this weekend's event that's taking place at Assiniboine Park this coming Sunday. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's today, Thursday at noon, or if it's the repeat performance, the repeat uh, show on Saturdays at 8. Robert, how are you doing this fine uh, this fine day? Doing well, Nolan. How are you doing today? It's good. It's been a good week. It's finally beautiful out. Every day is kind of sunny and warm. I don't have to wear a toque every day to work. It's kind of nice. I how can't we- believe February. I can't believe February's over yeah. already. It's ex- well, it's a short month, so it's kind of it crazy. But yeah, it's weird that it's already March, and, and I don't know. Time's going by too fast these days. You know. It is. Yeah, Time we're already on. one sixth of. 2018 has oh man wrapped up when you put it that way <laughs> 2019 right around the corner pretty much but we do have uh summer on the horizon yeah. and spring as well so that's uh, part of the year yeah there was there's always uh, lots to look forward to in the city and lots to look forward to on today's show as a matter of fact so we're talking about access and ability today and uh focusing on the individuals and organizations that are doing work to help improve accessibility and help those with disabilities in our city. And up first, I understand we've got a great conversation that you had with the CEO of St. Amant, and we're going to learn all about the St. Amant Center, their foundation, as well as their research work in the areas of developmental disabilities and autism. So looking forward to uh, starting the show off with that after the break, but we always start the show off with a song. It is RC360 tradition. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Let's uh, let's kick things off with Roger Miller and You Can't Roller Skate in a Buffalo Herd right here on River City 360. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. But you can be happy if you've mind to. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. But you can be happy if you've mind to. All you gotta do is put your mind to it. Knuckle down, buckle down. Do it, do it, do it. Well, you can't go swimming in a baseball pool. You can't go swimming in a baseball pool You can't go swimming in a baseball pool But you can be happy if you've a mind to You can't change film with a kid on your back You can't change film with a kid on your back 
can't change film with the kid on your back But you can be happy if you've mind to You can't drive around with a tiger in your car You can't drive around with a tiger in your car You can't drive around with a tiger in your car But you can be happy if you've mind to All you gotta do is put your mind to it Knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it Well, you can't roller skate in the buffalo herd You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd But you can be happy if you've a mind to You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch But you can be happy if you've a mind to You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell and Robert Zirk here with you today, and we're now joined via telephone by John Leggett. He's the president and CEO of St. Amant. John, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, We wanted to talk about St. Amant because today's episode is about access and ability. And obviously, St. Amant plays a huge role in providing you know, support and, and resources to people with developmental disabilities and various programs and, and things here in, in the city and in Manitoba. But maybe just explain uh, the role that St. Amant plays in providing these supports and resources to people uh, with devent- developmental disabilities. Yeah, sure. So as you said, we serve uh, both uh, kids and adults across the, the lifespan uh, with uh, developmental disabilities and autism. And any kind of last year, uh, we served just over 1,600 people. Um, we have a whole variety of programs and services that we do provide. Um, a lot of people kind of think of us as being located at 440 River Road when in fact about 85% of what we do is out in the community um, across, I think we're approaching almost 100 different locations now. We, uh, we have our uh, community residential program where we support uh, um, adults on a kind of 24-7 basis, uh, and uh, many of those individuals have some pretty significant and challenging needs, but um, with the supports that we provide, uh, uh, they're able to uh, participate uh, in their communities and and, uh, be contributing members of of the community. Mm -hmm. We also have our complex care facility here at River Road. Okay, yeah. And uh, we're... Presently, we serve uh, about 140 individuals, and we've been transitioning individuals from the, uh, this environment to community over the last uh, number of years as part of our five-year, last five-year strategic plan. So Excellent. You, you mentioned a little bit about communities and, and incorporating uh, these individuals into communities. Why, why is it important to... Um, educate neighborhoods and educate communities rather than just maybe the primary caregivers or families of of these people? Yeah, well, I I mean, community living is not a new new idea. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had uh, people with intellectual disabilities or developmental disabilities been living in our communities, you know, uh, for a long, long Mm -hmm. time. What we've been very purposeful about is that, uh, for instance, at our complex care facility, People used to come. Both kids and adults used to come here because of their 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 needs, and uh, they would be cared for here, and and in essence, grow up here. Mm-hmm. And now, what we're doing is uh, we're kind of shifting from that being a developmental center where people get that kind of care to 
just coming here for the period of time that they need our support, whether that's um, because they have some complex medical needs or um, because, uh, you know, they just need a little bit of help uh, managing their behavior or for respite. And uh, then the whole concept is to have them return back to the to, to the community mm-hmm. and be, be active members. So we're moving to more of a almost a healthcare center model. Mm-hmm here at, at 440 River Road. So more of a temporary thing, and then people are reintroduced back back to their where they came from almost. Yeah, because, I mean, accessibility in our community is extremely important to St. Amant. Uh, it's ap- absolutely key for people with disabilities. And I, when you talk to the average person about accessibility for people with disabilities, they often think of physical barriers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what's standing in the way of getting somebody a job or or having access to recreation, et cetera. And for us, um, it's, it's much more than that. It's, it's, it's about creating meaningful relationships for mm-hmm. people in the community. If, if you think, you know, um, people without disabilities uh, don't really have to stop and think about the barriers. And, and we'd really like to create, at some point, a world where people with disabilities don't have to stop and think about those barriers. Mm-hmm. And um, we also know that a lot of people with disabilities are really lonely. Right. And... Um, so being a part of a community means that you're actually in places and meeting people and having an opportunity to develop, you know, relationships that uh, that in essence leave that loneliness behind and, and that people feel like they have a, uh, value, valued roles in, in, in their community. So yeah. that's what we're all about when we talk about uh, community living. Is, is a big part of those barriers just education on how people can... Um how people can integrate and it's not as hard as, as maybe the average person might think? Yeah, I think it's about uh, education, but really on a very personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, if your services, and, and we talk a lot here about our services being person-centered, so that means that the education is really about, we'd like to extend an invitation to people in the community to get to know the individuals that we support mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, not not as caregivers, but as friends and as people who um, see value in in people with disabilities and that they are, you know, they can have huge uh, ways of contributing to to community in everything that they do every day. For sure. So, yeah, so education, to answer your question, is absolutely critical. Definitely. Um, Tell us a little bit about the St. Amant Research Center and some of the work that's being done there. Sure. So um, we have a partnership, uh, Uh, one that goes back to the 90s with the University of Manitoba. And uh, we do uh, research with a number of different faculties. And and, uh, it's primarily our partnership is with the University of Manitoba, but we have also affiliations with uh, other researchers right across Canada. Um, And our research is really about how can we improve the quality of life for uh, kids and adults with developmental disabilities and autism? Mm-hmm. So some of it can be as broad as um, we're doing research right now on, uh, on people that are transitioning from our kind of complex care environment here at 440 River Road yep. to the community homes. And, and what we're researching is, you know, what are the health outcomes? Mm-hmm. You know, how does it impact their health when they move, how does it impact the quality of their life? Uh, for instance, we know that many of the people that live at 440 River Road, having them access friendships in the community is a little bit hard just for because sure. of virtue of where they live. 
But when they move to the community, you know, how can we have them become meaningful, you know, uh, yeah. b- build meaningful relationships? So that would be an example. We, we are quite well known for the autism services that we offer across the lifespan, but primarily for young, young kids. And so we've done uh, quite a bit of research with the Department of Psychology at the University of Manitoba around um, the outcomes and, mm-hmm. and the different interventions and how they really help. It's all really about helping kids learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, helping them learn to basic life skills like um, you know how to use the toilet yeah. and, and those kinds of things. The, many of the services have very defined outcomes that we're trying to, and, and for you and I, they would be... Um, you know, how do we how do we get through the day? Yeah. So when parents or caregivers or, or anyone really like obviously caring for people with developmental disabilities is a probably a difficult and stressful experience in, at times. How, how have you what reactions have you seen from different caregivers or, or parents or families when they're able to find help and and, and get some relief through the resources at St. Amont? Well, um, I mentioned earlier that we're very person centered mm-hmm. and we also um, are at the same time family centered and what that means is that we really do welcome families to uh, they're they a very important part of a person's support network as well as those natural relationships that you you know you have yeah through yeah. friendships so the family is invited to be uh, uh, and is an active participant in creating whatever supports the person needs. Because it probably changes from person to per- from situation to case by case, right? Yeah, and it really depends where a family's starting from. Sometimes mm. um, when we meet a family, they're tired. Yeah. You know, they've been, and, and so we're there to kind of step in and start to uh, maybe provide a little bit of care. It might be around transitioning from, you know, adolescence into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And they want their son or daughter to have more independence, which means they they might move into one of our community homes where they can then start to uh, build a life for themselves right. and that their family can be, you know, what parents should be to a, to a normal kind of adult, yeah. uh, a young adult. And so it's, it's exploring all of those different relationships and roles for, uh, with families as, as people go through, through their life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you speak a little bit about the St. Amont Foundation and what role that plays uh, in your work? Yeah, yeah. So we have um, a foundation that uh, has been very active for a number of years, and um, we raise money for uh, the people that we we support for for the kids and adults. So um, what that has really meant for us in the last couple of years, I think last year we raised uh, just over uh, a million dollars, nice. and um, that money ended up going to, uh, we did a renovation of one of our living areas here at uh, 440 River Road. Mm-hmm. We created recreational, many recreational opportunities for people that we support in the community and here at River Road, uh, everything from uh, first-time holidays for some individuals to um, buying tickets for events and um, buying, you know, gazebos and things for people's backyards so they can get outside and and enjoy life. So we really, uh, again, because we're person-centered, we look at what are the needs of the individuals we're supporting, and our foundation is able to step in and provide for those needs where uh, government, you know, funding only goes kind of so far. So it is the as far as quality of life, we, we have some really exciting things. We have a leisure program that we run. Cool. 
for individuals. So on any given day, you know, there may be a cooking class or a um, you know, different dance class, or et cetera, that people can participate in. We also have live music um, here at 440 River Road for, for uh, kind of the, the wider community that, that's involved with St. Amand nice. every couple of weeks, and uh, that becomes a kind of a fun night out for, for individuals. Okay. Now, and saying that, um, that's one, some of the things we do, but we also really mostly encourage people just to participate in their communities. And yeah. Sometimes that you know, <laughs> requires them to have a little bit of extra money, mm-hmm. and that's where the foundation can can uh, can really help oh, out. It, it sounds a lot like some of the things that um, people typically maybe take for granted, you know, just going outside for a barbecue or going to a sporting event can really help in ways that we don't really understand because we take it for granted, whereas it's very important just to to, to have those social experiences, to, to just feel normal kind of, and, and it probably helps more than we even really understand. Yeah, and and I think you raise a really important point. You know, you and I might go to a barbecue on a very regular basis in the summer. Hopefully it warms yeah. up here pretty soon and we <laughs> yeah, can exactly. start barbecuing. But um, uh, for an individual who has maybe had very limited friendships mm-hmm. as they've grown up, to get that invitation to come to, to someone's house for a barbecue um, can mean a great deal. For sure. And uh, so, yeah, I'm actually glad you mentioned that. Uh, those natural kinds of things that happen in our lives don't happen as often and right. as regular in many people's. And I don't want to in any way say that all people with disabilities you know, sure. have those issues. But we know that many of the people that we support really, really welcome uh, um, somebody in their life. And, and we have a volunteer program that tries to match uh, volunteers from the community with people that we support. It's called our PALS program, and uh, it's been quite successful. Very cool. But we're always looking for more volunteers. That so. was actually, that was my next question. I was going to say, I read 300 volunteers per week at St. Yvonne. That's huge, and obviously it's a huge part of what you do. So uh, what kinds of volunteering opportunities does St. Yvonne have? Other well, probably the most important from my perspective is that we welcome volunteers to come in and build relationships, mm-hmm. meaningful relationships with the people that we support here. And what that means is, you know, we'd love for that person to kind of get to know the person over a period of time and almost be their friend and be their advocate. Yeah. As Because as, we have lots of people who don't have active family. And mm-hmm. even if they have family members, um, I always say, you know, I have family too, but I have friends yeah. who aren't my family. And both have a very important role in my life, for sure. And I value both, and I think people with disabilities, you know, um, uh, deserve to have both family and friends involved Absolute, in their absolutely. life. Absolutely. So, if people listening out there are thinking about they have some time to spare, how can they get involved? How can they volunteer? Where can they find more information? Yeah. Well, we have a volunteer program right here at Saint Amant, so they're free to uh, to call Saint Amant. Uh, they can go online and uh, to our website, and uh, also get. There's there's an actual application form for for volunteering, but uh, I mean we have we we have lots of kids um, that come and volunteer with us in adolescence and then end up working with us, you know, as they're going yeah. to school or a little bit later in life. Um, I, I'm always amazed by the number of people I just bump into in the community when I say what I do that I'm with Saint Amant. They have a story around. Hey, I used to volunteer there, you know, nice. when I was back in school. Or I have a very good friend that uh, is receiving services through there. And, mm-hmm. um, so we we would very much welcome 
um, anybody who would like to come and and volunteer. So lots of different opportunities if they if they have skills in in uh, crafts or leisure or um, if they you know are a member of a particular church or uh, community. Uh, event that they attend and they they could see that maybe they could include someone that we support those are those are great opportunities sure. well it's great it's great work it's obviously very rewarding work and very important work uh, if anyone out there is listening and wants to be involved with saint amont you can go to saintamont.ca that's s t a m a n t.ca or you can call 204 256 4301 John, John Leggett, thank you very much for talking to us today about St. Amant Centre. And St. Amant, uh, John is the president and CEO of St. Amant. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks, Nolan. And coming up after the break, we'll be joined by Margot Ross, the manager of philanthropy at CNIB. And they've got a couple of very interesting events going on this month. We're going to learn more about the Eye on the Arts auction that is happening this evening at the RBC Convention Center. And then a little bit further toward the middle of March, CNIB is celebrating its 100th anniversary. So a whole century of, uh, of helping Canadians who are visually impaired or partially sighted. So uh, we're going to learn more about those events coming up after this short break. But before we get to that, here is the Nat King Cole Trio with two marvelous for words right here on River City 360. Here's our special for today only, two marvelous for words. You're just too marvelous. Too marvelous for words Like glorious Glamorous and that old Standby amorous You're just too wonderful I'll never find The words that tell enough Spell enough I mean they just aren't swell enough You're much Too much And just too very Very to ever be in Webster's Dictionary And so I'm borrowing A love song from the birds To tell you that you're marvelous Too marvelous words like glorious glamorous and that old standby amorous you're just too wonderful i'll never find the words that tell enough spell enough i mean they just aren't swell enough you're much too much and just too very very to ever be in the webster's dictionary and so I'm barring a love song from the bird to tell you that you marvelous, marvelous world. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zerk here with you today, and I am now joined by Margot Ross. She's the manager of philanthropy at CNIB. Margot, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm delighted to be here, Robert. So it's a pretty busy time for CNIB, I understand, with a couple events going on in March, and we'll talk about those in, a, in a, just a short moment. But to start off with, tell us a little bit, and I know that this is kind of a very broad question because CNIB does so much, but can you kind of summarize some of the programs and services that are offered through CNIB locally here in Manitoba? I'm happy to, Robert. Um, this month, we celebrate 100 years of service to Manitobans. And we started because of the soldiers who came back from the First World War who were blinded, and also from the Halifax explosion. A lot of people were blinded because of glass shattering. So over the years, we've expanded, and now we offer services to any Manitoban who is faced with sight loss. So you may be born or it may be in your 60s where you lose your sight, and we are the first place you go to after you've been to your eye doctor. So some of the services we provide are the counseling, the transition. What is it like to now all of a sudden not be able to do what you used to be able to do? So our staff will go into your home and help you relearn some of the skills you have. They'll mark the microwave. They'll teach you how to reuse that sharp kitchen knife. All the kinds of things you can do to regain your independence. We also have a lot of leisure programs like yoga and fiber arts, uh, peer counseling, learning to do cool things on the computer, children's programs. There's something for everybody now at CNIB. And and this year, we're starting up a guide dog program. Absolutely. And uh, Nolan has chatted with you before about the guide dog program, and we'll, we'll jump back to that. But in terms of, so as you mentioned, the centennial is coming up later this month. So there's a lot of things going on to celebrate that. And one of those is a video contest that just recently wrapped up. Can you tell us a little bit about that and about sort of some of the submissions that have been received? Oh, it, Robert, it's just been amazing. So we reached out to all of our clients and asked them to talk to us about how blindness and CNIB has changed their lives. And we offered to support them within uh, CNIB if they needed help putting their video together, or many of them just did it on their iPhones and whatever else they had. And we are receiving, Robert, just the most amazing videos about how lives have been transformed, firstly because of losing their sight, and then over time regaining their independence. And some are just really funny stories, some will make you cry, but they're all beautiful testimonials to the challenges people can face and how they overcome them. Will those videos be publicly available for people to watch? When can people see some of the submissions? Well, we are going to launch um, that video, the videos at our March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day Centennial Party. And it's going to be held at the Tijuana Yacht Club. And everybody's welcome. It's $10. Um, there's going to be a great rainbow auction, terrific DJ and dancing. And we're hoping that uh, Winnipeg will come out in force to enjoy a true Winnipeg social that celebrates 100 years of CNIB. And that was uh, what I was going to chat about next was the uh, 100th anniversary celebration. So that, uh, as you mentioned, happening on March 17th. 
So the evening begins with the lights on and there's, uh, I believe there's some games and uh, some activities, some displays. Um, CNIB staff will be there to kind of chat with people. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the uh, the dance party, the lights turn off and it's a Winnipeg social. So that sounds uh, sounds like a lot of fun. And how can people order tickets if they want to attend the event? Well, they can call CNIB or they can find us on the Internet, CNIB.ca, and we'd be delighted to have them join us. So that is coming up Saturday, March 17th from 7 to uh, to midnight. And uh, there's also another event happening tonight. It's the annual CNIB Eye on the Arts uh, dinner and auction. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, thank you, Robert. We, um, we're excited. The proceeds for the evening will be toward the Guide Dog Program. Ace Burpee is emceeing. We're going to have the puppy, a puppy raiser and her nine-week-old puppy, Joycey, there, along with the donor and clients to talk about the importance of a guide dog program. Beautiful art, over 150 pieces from Manitoba artists. Great live auction, and tickets are still available if folks want to call the CNIB office. I understand there's over over 250 works of art and they range from pottery, there's jewelry, there's paintings, there's indigenous art, there's international art, all kind local art, all kinds of different things, right? So definitely something that uh, that people should uh, should check out if you happen to want to attend a great event supporting a great cause this evening. How much are tickets and and where can they get tickets if they want to uh, to attend tonight? The tickets are $75. It'll be a great meal, lots of wine donated by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. And you can call the CNIB office and we'd be happy to find you a spot at this great evening. This event actually supports, as you mentioned, the uh, CNIB Guide Dog Program, which I understand is a, a relatively new program and relatively new initiative launched by CNIB. We had you on a little bit earlier last year to talk about the Guide Dog Program. Can you give us sort of an update on that? How is that program, uh, what's been going on with that program lately? Well, the first two pups arrived last week. They came into the James Richardson Airport looking tired and scared, and they went off to their puppy raiser homes where they will live for the next 12 to 15 months and have soft training in being a guide dog. And then they will go into intensive training for another six months and then matched up with a guide dog user, somebody who has wanted to have a guide dog, but also has the skills, the mobility skills with a white cane in order to be able to be matched with a guide dog. Are there any people with CNIB that currently use a guide dog service and what kind of impact has that made in their lives? One of the CNIB clients said to me that she can walk with a white cane but with the guide dog, she can fly. She said that it was incredible as far as regaining her confidence and independence, and that this dog is now her best friend. Not only keeps her safe on the streets, but has become such an integral part of her life. She can't imagine life now without the dog. That's so fantastic. And uh, of course, the event happening tonight at the RBC Convention Center goes to support that great program. So um, you can find out more about that at cnib.ca. As CNIB is celebrating its 100th anniversary, can you speak to how CNIB has changed and evolved locally? What we're seeing now is that more and more people are faced with significant vision loss. Because the population is aging, we're seeing a tremendous increase in the number of 
people who come to CNIB with macular degeneration. And we anticipate those numbers will just keep rising. So more and more of our clients are over 50. And we strongly recommend that you get regular checkups with your optometrist or ophthalmologist. Um, so we're expanding our services. We'd like to be able to say that one day we will be obsolete, but that won't be the case. And looking forward, as you mentioned that services are expanding, what are some of the some of the ways in which those services are are going to be changing and evolving? We're looking now to more peer support and leisure programs. So we want pe- we want to change what it means to be blind today. So we're increasing our advocacy work so that we can increase for instance the employment rate for people who are blind. Right now Many persons who are blind are underemployed or not employed at all. And a lot of that is because some employers just aren't aware of the minimal amount of changes that need to take place in a workplace. We know that uh, for people who are blind, their level of conscientiousness and work ethic is really high. But employers are still a little bit nervous about taking, taking them on. We've got a couple of great pilot projects happening in the city with RBC and the Assiniboine Credit Union. Um, we have a gentleman working at the Apple Store, for instance, and uh, we, want, we want to see more of that. So the advocacy work is important, as well as, again, providing more opportunities for leisure support. Just to let you know, it's a great organization. We're always looking for volunteers. If you'd like to be a sighted guide when we go out on trips to Gimli or out on our trio bike, there's lots of places in walking and running that uh, people who are blind could really use the support of a sighted guide. So again, the uh, Eye on the Arts auction is happening this evening. Um, The preview's at 5.30, the Dinner's at 6.30. The live auction starts at 7.30. That's at the RBC Convention Center. And then on March 17th is the big 100th anniversary centennial celebration happening at the TYC Event Center, 1405 St. Matthews Avenue. And uh, tickets are $10. And it sounds like both of those events will be a great time. And they both go to support a great cause. Margot, thank you so much again for joining me today and sharing more about CNIB and the services it provides here in Winnipeg. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks, Robert. Coming up next, our very own Sonny Primolo brings us his conversation with Jennifer Licardo from the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. They are going to be talking about an upcoming dementia care conference and public learning seminar, so stay tuned for that. Before we get to Sonny, how about Joe Stafford with My Darling, My Darling, right here on River City 360. Starling, my courage just melted away. Now all at once you kissed me, 
And there's not a thing I'm sane enough to say Except my darling, my darling Get used to that name of my darling It's here to stay You are my darling, my darling I've wanted to call you my darling For many and many a day And you know, my darling, my darling I've fluttered and fled like a starling My courage just melted away not a thing I'm sane enough to say Except my darling my darling Get used to the name of my darling It's here It's here to stay Don't go away My darling My darling's Today I'm speaking with Jennifer Licardo, Education Manager of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, to talk about their upcoming dementia care conference and their positive aging lecture. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us, Jennifer. You're welcome. My pleasure. The Dementia Care Conference is a two-day learning opportunity that is catered towards healthcare professionals who directly care for people living with dementia. When will the conference take place? It will be on March 5 and 6 at Canadian's Destination Centre Polo Park. What kind of sessions can people expect? We have a wide variety of sessions ranging from research outcomes, uh, best practices in dementia care, um, upcoming um, programs that are geared towards caring for people with dementia, and really a variety of uh, care techniques that uh, healthcare professionals can learn about caring for people with dementia as well as the aging population. You also compiled a list of some amazing keynote speakers. Can you tell me a little about them? Yes. Um, our opening keynote is uh, Dr. Adrian Wigg. He's out of um, the University of Alberta, and he has done some research here in some of the personal care homes here in Winnipeg uh, involving health care aides and um, person-centered care. And so he will be speaking about the outcomes of that research so that those working in the long-term care can learn from those experiences. We also have uh, Dr. Alex Mihailidi. He's with the AgeWell Network of Centers of Excellence. And very interesting, he'll be talking about the future promise of technology and how that um, fits well with our aging population. And then lastly, our closing plenary will be David uh, Falk. He will deliver some insights and some suggestions on how we can have successful conversations, both within ourselves and when working with other people in a team. That sounds really interesting. Uh, the Dementia Care Conference looks to be a jam-packed full of amazing information. Unfortunately, the registration deadline has passed, but is it still possible to attend if you miss the deadline? 
Yes, we still have uh, some spots open, so people can still register. Uh, they may register online, give us a call, or fax us in their uh, registration forms. And for those who are unable to make it to the conference, is there any events in the works that people should look forward to? Yes, we do have ongoing education sessions. So I would encourage people to check out our website uh, for our upcoming events. And um, we also have some public events happening in the next little while. So give us a call or visit our website to learn more. On Monday, March 5th, you're also providing a free public lecture called Positive Aging, Tap Into Your Fountain of Health. Could you tell us a little about it? This is a very exciting public lecture. We will have uh, Dr. Lisa Van Musel from uh, London, Ontario, uh, talk about what are some of the strategies that we can do to keep um, physically, mentally, socially well as, uh, as we age. And um, this is also a very good information for care partners because we know that many of the care partners of people with dementia are aging themselves. And so they can find some tools and strategies uh, that they can use while caregiving and aging as well. During the lecture, you'll be teaching people about the Fountain of Health Initiative. What is the Fountain of Health Initiative? The Fountain of Health is a multi-partner nonprofit organization initiated by the Geriatric Psychiatry Program at Dalhousie University. And uh, they provide some uh, optimistic approaches to life as well as tools and strategies to living well as we age. It totally seems like common sense, but we all should learn to prepare to live a long, healthy life. And the Fountain of Health Initiative does just that. When and where will it be taking place? So the public lecture is scheduled for March 5th, 2018, uh, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at Canadian's Destination Polo Park. So this is the evening of the uh, conference day one, um, and it'll be a very uh, exciting and interesting public lecture. And anyone can go? Yes, anyone can go. So we invite the public to attend this free public lecture on positive aging. It'll help uh, you learn more about the steps towards viewing life more positively and thus have a better chance of living better, longer. And how can people register? You may register online by visiting our website, alzheimer.mb.ca, or you may call us at 204-943-6622. The Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba was founded 35 years ago to ensure that all Manitobans affected by dementia get the support they need. Thank you once again for sharing with us today, Jennifer. Uh, is there anything you would like to add before I let you go? I encourage people to check out our website uh, to learn more about the programs and services that we offer. We do have uh, programs and services for individuals with dementia, their family and friend, care partners, and for the general public as well. We have programs such as support groups, supportive counseling, free education sessions, and we do advocacy and research work as well. So give us a call or visit our website, alzheimer.mb.ca. Thanks, Sunny. And up next, we'll be joined via telephone by Laura Kayback from the Assiniboine Park Conservancy about this weekend's polar bear run that's happening at the park. Before we get to that, though, we're going to play Run to Me by the Bee Gees right here on River City 360. 
Listening to River City 360, Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined via telephone by Laura Kaback. She is the marketing and communications specialist at the Assiniboine Park Conservancy. Laura, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. We're here to talk about Run for the Bears, the uh, I guess third annual polar bear run that's happening uh, this Sunday, m- March 4th, at Assiniboine. Assiniboine Park, obviously. The proceeds are going to support the Assiniboine Park Conservancy's polar bear rescue team. Uh, we'll get a little bit more details about the run shortly but tell me what the polar bear rescue team is all about i was curious as to what they actually did sure um as a lot of uh winnipeggers know um our zoo uh, has undergone uh quite a transformation over the last uh um five or six years Mm -hmm. and 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 part of that transformation was to um you know sort of highlight our manitoba wildlife and in particular polar bears and we have, uh, as part of the improvements made in the zoo, we established the um, International Polar Bear Conservation Center. Cool. And this is a really unique facility that um, is able to 
bring in um, orphaned uh, polar bear cubs that are found uh, up north in the Churchill area and um, transition them in, in a very um, responsible and um, y- you know humane way to mm-hmm. life in a different environment. But, but what it does is it gives them a second chance at life because these young cubs, when they're found, are orphaned at such a young age that they really have no chance of survival. So right. through our program, they are able to come here. And the polar bear rescue team is a team of all the people here who work at the zoo, from research scientists, to animal care uh, specialists, husbandry experts, veterinarian team. They all have a role to play in Mm -hmm. the health and welfare of these cubs that come into our care from the time we have to go up uh, uh, to Churchill to get them um, to their long-term care here um, at the zoo. So it's a really great team of um, people who are very passionate and dedicated to these bears. Very cool. So how has has the addition of the polar bear exhibit, of the Journey to Churchill exhibit, affected the zoo and sort of your day-to-day and just putting you guys kind of on the map internationally when it comes to being renowned for for this work that you're doing? How's that sort of affected the zoo in general? Well, modern zoos are not what they were 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more emphasis in, in modern zoos on education, public awareness, research and conservation. So wh- what you've seen happen here at Assiniboine Park Zoo is a reflection of, uh, you know, sort of a, a movement that's happening in other zoos around the world. Um, we had a really unique opportunity, as, as many of your listeners will know. Um, Churchill, of yeah. course, is known as the polar bear capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada itself is home to about 60% of the world's polar bears, and that Churchill, uh, Hudson Bay population is further south than most of the subpopulations of bears. Hmm. It's also an accessible point for researchers and tourists to interact with these animals in the wild. So... Um, it made sense for us as, you know, Manitoba's only zoo to right. say, to focus on these animals and tell their story. Um, part of the Journey to Churchill exhibit, uh, a very important part, is the interpretive message that's delivered as people enjoy the exhibit, which is talking about climate change and how climate change affects sea ice, right. how sea ice and the changes that are happening that we're seeing is affecting the polar bears. And our hope is that as people enjoy the exhibit and learn about our bears, they feel compassionate, they care, mm-hmm. and hopefully they take some information home that allows them to perhaps change some of their behaviors, change some of their actions at home and in their communities to help improve things for the bears in the long run. Definitely. Well, it's obviously a very popular exhibit. I've been there a few times. It's so much fun every time you get to go. Let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the lesser known or... Yeah, call it a hidden gem attraction of the Assiniboine Park. Like what, what are some things that people might not know are there that you think are worth their time? Oh boy. Well, we could talk about the zoo and the park. So over at the zoo, if, if people haven't been to the zoo for a while, one of the new exhibits is the McFeeders Heavy Horse Center. And I have to say it's one of my favorites. Hmm. We have um, a, a small herd, <laughs> maybe not technically a herd. I'm not <laughs> sure how many you need to have a herd, but we have some Percheron horses there and they're just gorgeous. Wow. They're just these big, beautiful, giant, gentle horses. And it, it sort of harkens back to a time in our history when these animals were well, when you think about the term horsepower and where it comes from, yeah. this is what we're talking about. There's a beautiful barn, and um, we offer wagon rides in the park and in the zoo. And um, I, I just love cool. that exhibit. It's just beautiful. Um, also in the zoo, um, 
you know, people, uh, you know, on the must-see list are, is the um, the Amher Tigers. Uh, a couple of years ago, we built this beautiful, um, large exhibit with some donor support, and uh, we have some Amher Tigers in there. Cool. And I mean, these are just amazing, amazing animals, and and they're endangered, as are a lot of the animals in the zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, in the park, of course, uh, this winter we added something cool. We added a, a, a skating trail. So we took our Terry Fox Fitness Trail, which is you know sort of um, um, has some interactive fitness stations and so on along the, the path, and um, our grounds team actually iced it. Wow. So you can go skating. Cool. And so that's new this year. And we know from, from what we've seen, and of course it, it's free, so anybody can come and do it. Um, but we know people have taken us up on that. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's something different. And we are here year-round, and we mm-hmm. are always reminding people that the park and the zoo are both meant to be enjoyed year-round, and the experience yeah. changes with the seasons, obviously. Sure. Um, as Winnipeggers, you know, we all have to learn how to live with that and embrace it, I think. Definitely, yeah. That's kind of what makes, you you know, f- finding fun in the brunts of the brutalness of some of our winters is, is kind of tough to do, but the park is a great example of something to do in the winter that can really make the winter months fun. So that's a great idea. I agree. Tell me, uh, so let's talk about the polar bear run. This is the third annual. I understand there's a 10K, a 5K, and a family walk, so there's something for everyone, but maybe just break down what we can expect on uh, Sunday, March 4th. Sure. So this, as you said, this is the third the third one of these, and um, we're sitting right now with about uh, 250, just over 250 people registered. Nice. We can take up to 300, so there's still room if people are interested. Uh, we do have a 10K run and a 5K run, and as you mentioned, we have a family walk. It's about three kilometers, which we timed it out the other day, and um, you know it'll be about a 40, 45-minute walk, and it's a really nice route. It, it goes along some uh, tree-lined pathways and actually enters the zoo and takes a loop through um, Journey to Churchill and the um, Animals of Asia section of the zoo. So when we walked it the other morning, we saw polar bears, we saw the heavy horses, we saw tigers, snow leopards, camels, uh, takins, which are uh, another endangered species, stellar sea eagles, yaks, (laughs) you know, and then it exits, heads back along the uh, around the English Garden and the Duck Pond, and then back to um, our polar bear den which nice. is a large event tent that uh, actually just got put up today. Cool. And we have um, one of our in-kind sponsors, Western One, provides us with some big, powerful heaters to keep it toasty and warm so everybody's comfortable. And when everybody's back in the tent, we're serving up pancakes. Pancake breakfast. What's which better is, you than know, that? I mean, really, what more reason do you exactly. need? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so you said there's about 50 spots remaining. How can people find out more information and get involved with either the 10K, 5K, or Family Walk? They can go to our website, assiniboinepark.ca slash run. All the information about the event can be found right there, along with a big red button that says register online, and that takes you to our running room registration page. Mm-hmm. Online registration is open until Thursday tomorrow at midnight, but we will accept uh, in-person registration, and again, those details are all available on our website. Fantastic. Sounds like a fun event. I uh, hope the weather turns well, turns out well for you guys, and uh, yeah, have a lot of fun this Sunday, March 4th, at the Run for the Bears, the third annual Polar Bear Run, Sunday, March 4th taking place at Assiniboine Park. Laura, thank you very much for talking to You're us today. You're very welcome. Re- thank you. Really appreciate your time. Laura Kaback is the Marketing and Communication Specialist at the Assiniboine Park Conservancy. And yeah, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Nolan. And we've got time for one more song before we say goodbye today. 
Here's Magic Lanterns by Catherine McKinnon right here on River City 360. little lamps are burning all across the town a thousand little dwellings sleeping all around out there beneath the stars a thousand lovers sleep are the lamps are burning low where others sit and weep a million stars are shining far away up in the sky a lonely moonbeams peeping the shutters where they lie A million dreams are turning Where the lamps are burning bright But the shadows are falling When a baby cries in fright ooh, 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 ooh. A thousand little lamps are burning Red and green and blue Winking at the stars, saying, how do you do? The winds are softly sighing, I can hear the... That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and a huge thank you for all of our guests for joining us in studio and on the telephone. And if you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit our website. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we love hearing your feedback about the program. Please give us a call. We would love to hear from you. Our phone number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. Whatever it happens to be, we would love to hear it. And again, our listener line is open 24-7, so feel free to leave us a message and give us a call. Our number again is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also request a song or suggest a topic via Twitter or Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.